The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish. Welcome. This is not Matt Fish. This is Alex Lanzi. Alex Lanzi and Matt Fish in studio. Welcome to Rebound Radio, the fourth installment. This is the last time I'll, I'll number them, but I feel like our first month together has been pretty good. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's only going to get better. We've got a jam-packed show today. We're going to talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk Steph Curry. We're going to talk referees because nobody's talking freaking referees, <laughs> and we're going to talk referees. We'll tell you why yeah. a little later. Cleveland Cavaliers have punched their ticket, but, you know, them and Golden State. Those are the two favorites, yep. and they're still in the hunt. We're going to talk Rebound Magazine as usual. We'll talk NBRPA, National Basketball Retired Players Association. We have one for sure guest, Major Jones, played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. His other three brothers played in the NBA as well. Yep. He is the president of the Houston chapter of the NBRPA. Yep. Matt Fish, the man, the myth behind this whole concept, is the Phoenix chapter of the NBRPA. So they've worked very closely together. Major Jones has played for the Houston Rockets uh, with the Dwight Howard comments on NBA on TNT with James How- with James Harden. We have a lot to talk to him about and obviously all the things that are going on in Houston with the NBRPA. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting an update out there in uh, uh, Houston. He's been there and the president for many, many years, and and I really look up to him. They've been doing a lot of different uh, great things in the community out there. Uh, one year, not too far back, when they had the All-Star Game in Houston, I know they had some fantastic uh, events we went out to, and I had a chance to see what they were doing firsthand. And it's always good to get an update. It's always good to chat with Major. He's a smart individual. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to when he calls in. Uh, definitely. 888-346-9144. Call on the show if you have questions, complaints, concerns, uh, compliments. Follow Matt Fish on Twitter at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Check out voiceamerica.tv, the Rebound channel. You can watch interviews that Matt has done with former athletes. Uh, they went to the All-Star Game in Toronto this past year. A lot of, lot of great things going on with Voice America, with Voice America TV, in Rebound Magazine. Let's get right into it. We are jam-packed today. Last night, Golden State punched their ticket into the Western Conference Finals by beating Portland by 4, 125-121. Steph Curry, the reemergence of Steph Curry, the quote-unquote Willis Reed uh, performance, which I'm going to throw up at because that had way uh, greater uh, severity, I guess you could say, or the positive version of that than what Steph did and came back in the second round in the series. They might have won without him. But he came back and scored 40 in in, uh, Game 4, and then they close it out in Game 5. And let's just touch briefly, because everybody's been talking about this. I want to get to other things. What are the things that you see in Steph Curry that make him different? 
Well, I've never seen anybody be able to get his shot off as quick as he does. I've never seen anybody that dribbles around outside like he's going to go past you and then chooses to step back and can that three, which is what he did most recently. I tell you, for somebody who has been injured and somebody who's been out, he was going in there just to play a few minutes. And I believe someone else got injured. Sean in that, Livingston yeah, got ejected. Right. Yeah, he got ejected. Yeah. That was it. He got mm-hmm. ejected. And so then he had to play extra minutes. And, man, when he logged those minutes, next thing you know, he had 40 points. And he had 17 in the overtime. Yeah, which is an NBA record for a playoff uh, appearance for an overtime scoring uh, group. And that's special. It is. You know, and that's, it, it's been an interesting thing because he is Mr. Babyface. You know, <laughs> he's Mr. Coy in interviews. And especially at the end of games, he's always looking over his shoulder to see which teammate is going to try and pour water on his head. <laughs> uh, but when he's on the court, he's screaming, I'm back, I'm back. Pointing it, punching his, uh, uh, pumping his uh, chest, pointing up in the air, and it, he's a very different player on the court. But he gets away with it, I think, because of how he looks and how small he is, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the NBA and all the superstars. You know, we we give Russell Westbrook a lot of crap for right. uh, for being demonstrative after a big dunk, and if Steph Curry could dunk, I'm sure he would be doing that too. <laughs> I know he can dunk. Okay, can I get dunk. it, but uh, not not with the uh, with, with the fortitude that uh, that Russell Westbrook can. But let's see, you know, they went through, they beat Portland, Portland Valiant effort. I still think it was a mistake for Damian Lillard to sign that contract. However, Terry Stotts and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum aren't going anywhere. They may be top three backcourt in the NBA right now. I tell you, they've got a heck of a future. I know that Portland came out and surprised everybody this year. Uh, Sure, they went down to Golden State. We knew they would. Um, They would have had to have played perfect, and they played really, really well against him. And Golden State, man, they didn't, uh, you know, it's not like it wasn't an easy win for them. They had to battle through it. They had some injuries, you know, and they did step up, and they just show that that they are the best team in the NBA and that Portland has, they can hold their heads really high because they got lots to be proud of. They got a heck of a future ahead of them. And I, I, I got to tell you, Portland has had a heck of a year. Yeah. And they were, they were slated to win between 17 and 22 games. They won in the 40s. So you can't really be upset about that, except unless you're Terry Stotts where he should have won coach of the year. But I digress. The stat of the series, Golden State led by only 47 minutes in the last four games. So Portland was winning the majority. They were winning but by all but four quarters of the last four games. And that shows a lot about the young, just freakishly talented roster they have. They need some low post presence. They don't have any. Mm-hmm. They don't have any. Like, Ed Davis is 27 years old. I get it. He's a great defender, not a perimeter defender as Steph Curry. But, you know, it, that's about it. They don't really have a low post presence. Mo Harkless is big, but he plays on the perimeter. And uh, Robin, Lo- you know, Robin Lopez is gone, so they really don't have much. We'll see what happens. Let's move on. Tonight, big one, mm-hmm. San Antonio, Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma City, and the stat that I will start off with before we go to the referees, because we will talk referees, <laughs> that's what we do on Rebound Radio here, is Russell Westbrook in the regular season. When getting 10 or more assists, Oklahoma City is 35-13. and 13. In the playoffs, they are 5-0 and 0 when he surpasses 10 or more assists. So you understand that well, first of all, 48 games out of the year, he had 10 or more assists, which is pretty good. A lot of them were above 12, 13, 14 as well. He went on a freakish run of getting all those triple doubles in a month as, uh, also. But you look at how talented he is, and if he can harness his talent into actually being a point guard, they win. Is he a true point guard? No, but there, is, there aren't true point guards anymore. True. I mean, Chris Paul is one, and what does he want? He still scores a lot more yeah, than a does. traditional point guard. Okay, and, and he is not as... 
he's sneakish, uh, sneakily quick, but he's not fast. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play as good a defense as he once did. Uh, he punched somebody in the back and broke his hand, which was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. uh, th- go, uh, Golden State can thank him for that. But when you look at even Tony Parker, yeah. you know he's not really a point guard. He's averaging six assists over his career. You don't really have point guards like that anymore. And he was drafted, I believe, number five overall by Oklahoma City that year. He came off the bench his freshman year and played starter minutes to a certain degree in his second year at UCLA. But nobody knew what was going to happen. They saw talent. And if he can harness his talent into trying to be more of a point guard, even 55-45 point guard, shooting guard, they win. Kevin Durant is the best player on that team. People forget that because he doesn't play like it a lot because Russell Westbrook is taking over. And it's great for the highlight reels. It's great for the stat book. But for wins, especially big wins like they need tonight, because you don't want to go back to San Antonio, perennial top three home court advantage in the NBA for the last 20 years, you need to win tonight, and it has to be through the passing of Russell Westbrook, not the shooting. Well, I tell you, he... You know, Westbrook feels like he has to score. He almost feels like that's what I'm put on this team to do, and and he's been scoring and he's been doing well, and they're and they're winning. I don't want to take away anything that he can do on the court. What bothers some people is how demonstrative he is when he has a dunk or when he does something right. It's just kind of like do your job, man. You know, like you know, if you take out the garbage, you go celebrate. You know, I, I just took the garbage out. It's all I'm I not did. very good at that. I celebrate <laughs> when I do, <laughs> but he. You know, again, I do when you when you bring up stats like that, and I didn't realize those stats. And I appreciate you bringing them up today. He ought to play more like a point guard then, because you're right with Durant. Durant does what he does, and I noticed too that Westbrook got pulled out of what was it game? I think it was game four. They but sat I can't him down, that. right? They sat him down. He he was on the bench, and I think he was upset. But I don't think he was upset at the coach. I think he was upset at himself a little bit. When he came back in the game, he shared the rock, and Durant did what he did. He didn't go in and feel like I had to put up 20 more points now before the end of the uh, before the end of the game. He went and shared the ball a little bit more than normal. I mean, you know, I mean, he is somebody who can be selfish with the ball. I, I you know, I, I agree with you there. But when you're averaging, like you said, with 48 games, 10 plus, and they're winning those games, and then when you do it in the playoffs, they're definitely winning the games. He definitely needs to look around a pass. Yeah, more. they're winning at a three to one clip. Yeah. They're 40 and 13 this Uh year, regular season and playoffs. That's right around 80% win percentage. That's probably like 78% if my math serves me correctly, which it normally does because that's the only thing I have left from high school. (laughs) Think of this, though. They combined for 58 points and 14 assists, and that's like 80 80 of the points out of 95 points came from those two people. Mm, That's asking a lot, but at the same time, they can take that weight and do it. I mean, they can definitely perform, and they are doing it. I don't see it changing tonight. The Spurs have to change tonight. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to get uh, Duncan out of his I'm old, I'm old, I can't play anymore mode, whatever he's in, because he's in a funk right now. He hasn't played that way all year. He's gotten in the playoffs, and he's disappeared. Where is he? So they start trying to play other players that aren't quite as, as, as talented as he is. He's the best power forward ever, ever. Now play like it. You know, if you're going to continue to play the game and you're where you're at where you want to be, you better show up tonight because Duncan tonight is huge. Yeah, the best play that Tim Duncan has had in these playoffs, and I would include last year's playoffs as well, is the inbound pass to Kawhi Leonard to clinch that win for them in Game 3. And he came in for one play. Greg Popovich still trusts him to make important inbound passes and ask Deion Waiters how important inbound passes are in the playoffs. And... That's it. And I agree. You know, I, I think we're asking a little bit too much of him because he is Tim Duncan. 
and because he still wears that 21 and he's still wearing that jersey. But I think that it's time where the torch is passed. Granted, he's getting six shots. Maybe you feed him early on the road because you know he's old faithful, yeah. and he is. But he's old. That's the operative word, you know, and and he has a low post game a little bit still. He's a little softer. Steven Adams plays really good defense. So does Serge Ibaka down low, albeit yeah. off the ball a little bit better than on the ball, as we touched on a couple weeks ago. But it'll be interesting to see if, as Timmy goes, they go, because he still is the, the uh, oh my God, what is it? He's like a Dalai Lama leader. He doesn't say much. Yeah. He leads by example, mm-hmm. and and they win a lot of times because of it. But we will see what happens. And going back to Oklahoma City one more time, we always people always talk about pundits, talking heads, idiots to a certain degree sometimes, always talk about how Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant can win you two games, one game each in a playoff series. That's what happened in game four with, <laughs> with Kevin Durant. 15, uh, I think it was, what was he, 15, 14 of 25. He dropped 41, 14 of 25. Yeah. Uh, 41 points, 49. five boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Westbrook was five for 18, so that wasn't him. He had 15 assists, though, which counts as the win. Next game, Russell Westbrook went nutty and had 30, 35, uh, 11, and 9. And 9, yeah. Yeah, he had eight turnovers, but he was eight for eight from the line. And when they get close uh, to him getting to the line, when he gets to the line a lot, they, they have a winning record at least. Yeah. So, you know, it just shows that you need to be aggressive if you're Russell Westbrook still, which he will be. Nobody's going to tell him otherwise. He has one speed. So you're saying that they've each won their game that they're going to win. Yeah. And I and, think, and they, oh, it. I think San Antonio wins the series still. Mm. Definitely. Boy, tonight's in Oklahoma City. This is going to be the farewell party for Kevin Durant, the, the uh, final test for Russell, Russell Westbrook because he's leaving after the end of next year. And this will be the emergence of Greg Popovich as potentially the best coach of all time. So this is not going to be the last time Duncan plays in a game and the last time after 14 years of these three players playing together, it's the last time that's not going to be that this isn't the night? I don't think so. Right. I don't think so. I, it's, it would be too bad if that were the case. And they don't deal with too bad in San Antonio. Albeit, the only stat and the most important stat is they're 2-10 in deciding games on the road with Greg Popovich. And they're 1-4 in four when they're 1-4 in, in series when they're down 3-2 when Greg Popovich has been head coach. So the stats are going against them, yeah. but... You don't see it, dude. I, I don't just don't it. see it. I don't trust... I understand that. It's like trusting James Harden to win a closeout game. Right. You don't, just don't do it. We'll talk to Major Jones about that. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's not something that has happened before. Yeah. So why would I believe that it would happen now? 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Referees. We have four minutes till break. I'm talking about the damn referees. <laughs> My theory behind it is they have a rule book. Okay. Scott Foster, Joey Crawford. Yeah. Um, these guys that have been around for decades. Mm-hmm. Joey Crawford has since retired uh, recently. They are, and the newer guys, are the newer guys that start with them first, they're being taught a hybrid rule book solidified with the rules of old, which will never change coupled with the new form of basketball. And it's tough because there's a huge spectrum of old school players. Like I'll still even call LeBron an old school player. Okay. So let's put LeBron on one side and Steph on the other. Okay. Steph is new age. Russ, uh, uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Mm -hmm. old age. Let's, let's just keep with stars here. Would you agree with that they're on the other side of the spectrum? 
I would say certainly that uh, Steph is 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 considered. He's the penultimate new player. Yes. Well, two years in a row MVP, absolutely. Right, right. So yeah, he, so yeah. he's the poster child of the new stuff. Yeah. Okay. These refs, especially the old school refs, are having trouble keeping up. A lot of blown calls in the playoffs. Obviously, hundreds of blown calls. I'm sure because they're human in the regular season with all the games that are played, 2,400 games or whatever. They're obviously magnified in the playoffs because there's less games, less teams, less calls that are important. They're messing up. Well, they've admitted guilt. That doesn't mean... I was going to wait because we were talking about this out <laughs> in the lobby. That doesn't... Who cares? Because we're a forgiving c- a country and we're going to be I'm like, sorry oh, I broke your foot. <laughs> I just... I didn't mean to step on it even though I did on purpose because I blew the whistle. It doesn't... Yeah. It, it's not... It's not an excuse anymore. Hmm. Because in the... It, and I, it always goes back to it, which is ridiculous. The social media world, everybody wants instantaneous results and no gray area. And there is all gray area in refereeing. And people don't understand that. However, it's not their fault that they don't understand it because this is the, the day and age they're growing up. Okay? So give me a rule. Give me an example of something that is a hybrid or something that they missed recently. Player control fouls. Okay. Charges. Because people got smart enough to slide in, yeah. and then the smart ones will just not even put their right foot all the way down. If they Instead of sliding in, they'll just, if, if you're square, you're in. I mean, even if it's your tippy-toe, you don't have to slide your tippy-toe in. They did the restricted area, which is fine, which is a line. That is a black and white call, it's, unless your heel is it's hovering over it. Right. So I don't know. But um, a lot of stuff like that, traveling, uh, high screens are changing the game. Look at Portland. That's all they did. Yeah. Six feet outside the three-point line, they're setting picks. So moving picks, what's a moving pick? What's a foul for a superstar anymore? Should it be on the same playing field? And it's got to change because there's a lot more. There's not as many supreme superstars and everybody else. It's like, it's like the shrinking of the middle class. Everybody's kind of coming, coming back to the mean. You know, coming back to the average. You have your handful of superstars, but then everybody else is kind of rising up, so shouldn't everybody get the same calls? We'll talk about this with Major Jones on the other side of the break. I'm excited about this interview. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, Rebound Radio. We will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. 
View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. That email address is mattfish at reboundmagazine, not reboundradio.com. Very important if you want to reach out to him mm-hmm. about Rebound Magazine, which is a great publication, uh, coupled with the NBRPA. Uh, Phoenix chapter president here, Matt Fish is, I said that uh, sentence backwards, somebody else very important to Matt Fish and the NBRPA as a whole. We have on the line Major Jones, the president of the Houston chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Mr. Jones, how's your day going so far? Great, so far. Good. Well, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, letting us pick your brain a little bit. I'm going to send it over to Matty Fish here, thanks. and he's going to uh, take the reins. Hey, thanks, Major, for calling in. L- let me remind the listeners a little bit about Major's background and, and his playing career. Uh, Major was drafted in the ABA in 1974 by the San Diego Conquistadors. And he was also drafted to the NBA in 1976 to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Major's brothers, brothers Will Caldwell and Charles all played at Albany State, as Major did, and they also all played in the NBA. So that's amazing. That's amazing in itself. Uh, a 6'9", 225-pound power forward, he played in the CBA, the Allentown Jets, the Western Basketball League, the Fresno Stars, and he also played for the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons in the NBA. He has 1,643 points, 1,323 rebounds, and above all, and this is how I've known Major, he's been doing fantastic things in the Houston community as the president of the Houston chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. You are my mentor, Major. You have done so many wonderful things. Can you give us a little update on how things are going out there in Houston? I'd appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the accolades, Matt, but uh, Houston is going is getting hot right now, <laughs> weather-wise. Yeah. But we are, as a chapter, we've just completed going out to some schools and mentoring children about the importance of education. You know, this is our start testing time now mm-hmm. for middle school kids, and we've I've been you know, stressing the importance of education. And we went out last year, and according to the principals, they said that they didn't know if it was because of us, but their, the percentages of the kids and their test scores rose greatly. That's so they, we were invited back again this year. So we've been out to, I guess, six or seven schools just to, to let the kids see our faces and to let them know how important education is and to put their best foot forward for the start testing. That's fantastic. And we've also uh, been uh, getting ready to assist in the, uh, you know, we had a devastating flood here a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. A tax day flood is what they called it. And so we've been out trying to raise funds for the flood victims. You know, we're going out and doing as much as we can to let them know that, you know, we are still there for them and to be a part of the community and hopefully 
but if the community see that we are out there, that they will contribute to the uh, to the flood fund. Yeah, that's so that's we, great. I I tell you, I know going out into the schools, and I've I've been a teacher, and I know trying to connect with these students isn't always the easiest thing to do. But you start talking NBA, you start talking former pro athletes, you walk in at six nine, and you have a message, and your message is concise. You know, and and, and you're sitting there telling them the things they need to hear. There is no question in my mind those percentages raised because of you and you guys and your efforts. Well, there's no question about it, man. It, you know, the teachers, they hear the teachers all year long, and then to see someone that comes in, that, and, they, and the first thing they go, and they like, wow, you're tall. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, right off the bat, you have their attention. Right. And I know taking more, uh, showing that there's this need also in the community to help with this flood issue. I know it happened a couple of weeks ago. It was a big deal. I'm glad that you guys stepped up and showed and by, you know, by example of, of what it ought to be. And I'll guarantee you helped in that area as well. So kudos to you guys in the Houston chapter. That's fantastic. Hey, thanks, Matt. Yeah, you know, Major, I'd like, right when I first met Matt, um, I could tell about I could just tell the passion that he had, and uh, I'm not uh, slurping him right now because he's sitting right next to me. I actually believe it. Uh, he, uh, you could just tell that that this stuff really meant a lot to him and and the people that that are around him. And he mentioned your name, and you know it's uh it's great to to see this kind of come together. And you guys are you know thousands of miles apart, but you're all you're all just shooting for the same ultimate goal, which is fantastic. And when Matt told me what the NBRPA really did with the whole thing with scholarships and, and, and financial aid and psychological aid and all these things that are yearned for by players, seemingly by players that leave all sports, it's a beautiful thing that you guys are, you know, really the brotherhood lives on after the jersey's taken off and after the lights are all off. So uh, it's, it's really nice to hear uh, what's going on out in Houston with that. Well, thank you. You know, the unfortunately, you know, we were, we came along when they w- didn't have all the big money that was given away by the NBA. You know, when Matt and I played, we we didn't have the opportunity to go out and lose millions yeah. like some of these guys do today. And I just think that it's important that we get the message out to all the former players and let them know that you know we still care about each other. We're a fraternity. You know, this is it's, it's it's a very selected and elite fraternity, and if we don't look out for each other, then you know, chances are nobody else will. And so we just try and keep the uh, keep the message out there that we do, we still make a difference in the community, and we still can uh, we can enlighten lives, and we can make a difference in in, in children's lives. And we are, and we have been, and you have been for many, many years. You've been at the Houston Chapter Presidency for how long, Mage? Uh, eight years right yeah, now, Matt. That's great. That's fantastic. When they have somebody they know that's, that they can look up to, and you're a leader, and, and you're, you're kind of a quiet leader, but you're leading by example. You're showing them what to do. You, you're, you're a mentor to me. You know, Every time we get together, I just enjoy sitting down and, and kicking it back and forth. Our most recent was, I know I was driving across the state of Texas, and you told me <laughs> that when I got past Houston that, and you're going to Phoenix, it talks about how far away Phoenix is, but what's the sign say, Mage? 
<laughs> keep driving. Just keep driving. There's no numbers anymore. It just says keep driving. You get to the next one, and what's it say? Driving. Just keep driving. Okay, so let's jump forward to um, what's going on right now. Uh, it, I, I am so happy for Dwight Howard. Uh, I know that he's somebody that's played in your city for you know f- uh, three, four years now, three years now, and he came out, and if for people that didn't see, uh, he was put on the spot by Charles Barkley and NBA on TNT, and he was he gave full disclosure. I'm pissed. I'm pissed that people treat me like this. I'm pissed that people think I don't care. Which a lo- everybody everybody that I talk to don't doesn't like Dwight Howard. And it seems like, and I'm a Laker fan, and I saw firsthand, and I, I understand that he had a huge back issue there, which I gave what she talked about afterwards, or it leaked afterwards. Tell me what Dwight Howard is like in Houston to people that live in Houston. Well, they basically think the same thing. They think that he doesn't care. They think that he doesn't uh, put out the effort like he should, which is, is, you know, that's a misnomer. Dwight is. He cares as much about winning as anyone. I think the fact that the thing that really gets stuck in Dwight is that he's not the man and the fact that it, the ball doesn't go through him, the offense doesn't revolve around him as it once did when he was playing in Orlando, but he's still you know, one of the top centers in the league and you have to, you have to, you, know, you have to feed him the ball you know, because so what? One thing in the very few centers in the league can guard him, but you know, even if they foul him, so what if he missed the free throws? He's getting the other centers in foul trouble. Yeah, and you know, you have to admit, you have to take those out. You have to utilize Dwight. If Dwight is not being utilized, then he's not. He's not. He's not going to give you space. Well, that's any center. Nobody wants to just sit around and play defense on one end. I think that uh, the last guy that really wanted to do that all the time was Dennis Ross. <laughs> well, Major, that's almost any yeah, center. Yeah, Fish still asked me to throw him the rock. I, I don't even have a basketball. If on I'm going to run the court, you're going to give me the ball, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's yeah. what he runs into. Uh, he doesn't yeah, always get the ball. You got. You got. To, you got to throw the, you got to throw the dog a bone every now and then. Yeah, yeah. You know he's he's putting forth the effort. Now let's. I want to change gears a little bit to James Harden. G- give me your thoughts on James. I know that some people were questioning his heart. Um, I know that Robert Reed, who I was hoping to have on the show today, it still could happen. Um, I know that he kind of came out and said maybe he wasn't putting forth the effort that the effort that he should be doing. Uh, what are your thoughts? And, and maybe you can piggyback a little bit on what's going on in the community down there in Houston with James and maybe next steps for him, or do you see a room for improvement? Or just kind of give me your opinion on Mr. Harden. Well, there's always room for improvement. Of course. But James, you know, James put forth the effort, you know, uh, the, the fact or the thing is that James has to have the ball to score. That doesn't make you know, him selfish, uh, does it? He's not a uh, he's not a catch and shoot guy. No, James has to have the ball. He can't come, you know, he don't come off pick. Yeah. And once he has the ball, then he can score. He can also pass the ball. Yeah, I've always said I thought that why not just let him be the point guard and go out and get a shooting guard. You know, because, yeah. uh, you know, we need someone that can shoot the basketball. Uh, 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 
Patrick Beverly, uh, he goes to the corner, spots up. He hits shots every now and then, but he's not a consistent shooter right. or scorer. He, he's a terrific defensive player, but they need, they need people who can knock down shots, especially with Harden ha- controlling the ball and having the ball the majority of the time. How do you and think? Until you... they get they get somebody that can knock down shots, and all the scoring is going to fall on James. You know, he's going to be out there. He's going he's going to take the majority of the shots when they need when they need a basket. You know, they they expect him to go. And the people here in Houston, they realize that. I think that that scoring is there. My question is: is some of Harden's Defense. I know he gets knocked on his defense at times, but do you think his out his scoring abilities, which is unbelievable, do you think that outweighs his lack of defense? Uh, in most cases, yeah. <laughs> but you do have to put forth an effort. Yeah. But see, the thing with James' defense, he gets he gets caught uh, looking at the ball and following not not his man. He don't have that uh, ball man you know, the quality that most good defensive players have, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, if he did, that's where James gets beat on defense. He gets watching the ball and his man are back door. But when you go back through the through the history of the scores in this league, you know, you look back at uh, George Gervin. George didn't play no defense. <laughs> look yeah. back. Uh, Dr. J, Doc defense was suspect. Yeah. The majority of, of, of good offensive guys, they don't play great defense. But if you put forth the effort, you can get by with it. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. It, you know, it's a it's a tough combination to have. I'm not necessarily sure he was the best acquisition. I agree with you about Dwight Howard that that you got to feed him the ball and. I got one stat, and I don't like doing stats like in the middle of these things. However, he only averaged eight and a half shots this year, a game. That is unbelievable to me that he averaged eight and a half shots. James uh, Harden averaged 20, Mm. and he gets a bad rap. Yes, James Harden for taking bad shots a lot of times on three guys, very Carmelo-ish. He did average seven and a half assists and six boards, but there are two stats that have gone up every single year that he's been in the league. Number one, three-point attempts. He averaged eight this year a game. You think those eight shots, half of those couldn't go to Dwight Howard from six feet? You know, up your scoring average uh, for your team by six points a game, which is which is immeasurable. And then the other one is turnovers. He averaged almost he averaged four point six turnovers this year. That just shows carelessness, trying to do too much. And maybe you're right. There isn't really anybody else that can handle the ball. And he does have great he does have great um, just endurance on one side of the basketball, and maybe that's the reason why he doesn't want to play defense because he knows that he has to score on the other side. I don't think that's true. Well, it takes away. But you get tired, though. I mean, you play too much defense. Does Russell Westbrook so t- get tired? Well, did Michael Jordan get tired? Yeah, but did, that, did my, that's Mike, an excuse. I don't know. I played defense, you know, because I wasn't as wonderful of an offensive player, so I had to play oh, defense. Oh, you had a little touch. I remember. <laughs> but at the same time, I understand that. Scorers feel like they're going to get tired by defending too hard. But I hear what you're saying, too. Others can do it. Well, yeah, Carl Malone didn't play defense, so we can talk about that. I mean, he didn't play defense at all. Yeah. And uh, it, it, so, yes, it, it's, it's a paradox, but you need to be able to give a little to get some more wins. And James Harden doesn't have that yet. He's been in the league, what, seven years? Yeah. When does the, 
when does the maturity come into play? I know people mature sometimes, you know, quicker more than others. Like uh, uh, Tim Duncan was a forty-year-old man when he came in the league, but he <laughs> but he had the tutelage of David Robinson. Yeah. Who does Dwight? Who does James Harden have? He went third overall to OKC. They had a young Kevin Durant. They had a young Russell Westbrook. Where is they had a young coach? So maybe he's kind of flying by the seat of his pants. So, I don't know if he wants to learn. I don't. I just maybe he wants well, to be a Kardashian. You know, maybe that's yeah. what his life is. <laughs> maybe he wants well, stardom. I, I don't know. Major, we got two minutes left. I want to give them well, to you, you and Matt. It. So just talk, please. About, just think about it. You know, he comes in. He has. He gets the eighty million dollars from the Rockets. Yeah. And then he signs a two hundred million dollar shoe contract. Uh, what can you tell someone yeah. who has that type of money? So what are uh, your th- what, going to listen to? What's the rumble down there in Houston about next year about off-season transactions? I mean, what do you feel you, you guys got another good chance next year? Or do you feel like you guys are on your heels again or, or what's the feel down there? Well, the, the, the main thing is going they're going to wait and see what Dwight does. Yeah. Dwight's going to do. once he opts out, then they're going to have to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go after just go after uh, a senator I have one question that, I, that I've always wanted to know, and you know better than anybody that I've talked to ever. Got about 30 seconds left. Is part of the sales pitch to get players to go there the fact that there is no state income tax? No question about it. Like, is that in the no forefront? Problem. Hey, oh, you can get $20 million more there, but it's going to get taken out uh, because of taxes? That's it. That's wow. The thing. There's, there's That's crazy. And the fact that there's great weather. Yep. Yeah, that's great. You know what? Major Jones, thank you so much for joining us. Matt, I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> really happy you got to call in yes. this week. Uh, we're excited to hear about the NBRPA in Houston, and hopefully we'll have you back soon so we can hear about some upcoming events and, and hear all the rumblings about Dwight Howard and James Harden down in Houston. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, it's 102 here, so we're heating up in Phoenix as well. Uh, cold it's, front, huh? Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's 38 degrees in this damn studio, so <laughs> it, it kind of evens out. Well, Major Jones, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you in the upcoming weeks, all right? All right, thank you. All right, Thanks, thank Major. you, man, Major. He's great. We'll yeah. talk about him a little bit on the other side of the break. We have another Houston man on the line that we will talk to on the other side of this break as well. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio, Rebound Radio. We will come back, talk to James Harden, and we will tie a bow on the second round of the NBA playoffs. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. You know what? That guy's got a great voice. I, I think I like my voice somewhat, but that guy's got a great voice. <laughs> Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, former NBA star, former CBA champion Matt Fish, the president for the Phoenix chapter of the NBRPA, the National Basketball Retired Players Association. I am just a lowly uh, radio personality. Uh-huh. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We just finished talking with Major Jones, mm-hmm. the Houston chapter president of the NBRPA. We have another Houston man on the line that I do want to talk James Harden uh, with, and we're going to run down his stat sheet and hear everything that's going on in Houston. Coach Robert Reed. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Hey, I'm very honored, very honored to be on with you guys. Good. I'm going to pass you right to Matt. He's chomping. Go, Matt. (laughs) Well, there's so much to talk (laughs) about. Yeah, I know. Go. You know, okay, here we go. You know, Robert Reed, 6'8", 205-pound guard forward, a former NBA player. He was drafted second, 40th overall for the Houston Rockets out of St. Mary's in Texas in 1977. He played 13 NBA seasons from 77 and 82 and from 82 to 91. He played for the Rockets, the Hornets, the Trailblazers, and the Philadelphia 76ers. He lost to Boston in the 1980-81 NBA Finals when playing for the Rockets. He scored over 10,448 points, 4,168 rebounds, 2,500 assists. He's hosted basketball clinics for youth athletes in several countries like India. He's coached in the CBA, the ABA, the USBL, and in Hungary. And he was my coach for the Yakima Sun Kings in 1992 and 1993 in the CBA. Coach, it's an honor to have you on the show. Man, I forgot I coached you. <laughs> I forgot I had you with Yakima. You bet. You, you remember when we were in Yakima, once we got there, it's like, it's like we were in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> we used to call it Yaka Vegas. Yeah, I mean, we were out there. Hey, look, if you wanted there. apples, there's apple orchards everywhere out there. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. And you remember, I got inducted into the Yakima tribe. That, that year, too. Explain that. But, yeah. But you know what? I got to say this. Your voice sounds a whole lot different as you're talking as a professional to when you're on the floor. Give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how it was. It was cutthroat. The CBA, both playing and coaching, as you know, Coach. <laughs> Give me the ball. But, hey, you, you, had, my, you had our president, Major Jones, on, on the line. Yes. He was just on the Jones last segment, man. And, and May, didn't you play with Mage? You have a lot of contact with Mage. Mage and I, we played together together in '81, okay. the championship. Okay. And that's when we had Major 
Billy Pauls, uh, Bill Willoughby. And if you remember, Bill Willoughby was the first guy ever blocked Jabbar's hook shot at the peak. Okay. Alan Level, Mike Dunleavy, Man. Tom Henderson, okay. Calvin Murphy. Yep. And and that year we lost against the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. because I prayed the first game, Lord, give me the strength so Larry Bird don't get MVP. <laughs> and it was Cedric Maxwell. Well, then in, in 86 with the Twin Towers, we lost to Larry Bird because he was MVP every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he told us. Well, was that the year that uh, Ralph Sampson hit that, that leaner against the Lakers, the, the one that, uh, yeah. the one that uh, bounced well, in? If you remember, who hit the three to tie it up so Ralph could hit the leaner? Probably Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my due. You got it. You know, that, that 86 team, man, from Craig Elo, Jim Peterson, Hank Medow, Granville Waiters, Mitchell Wiggins, Allen, man, what you're seeing, what the benches are doing in Toronto, Miami, Golden State, that was us. You guys we were, had dreams. Yeah, you, we we had Ralph, right? Rodney McRae, Lewis Lloyd. Yes, but man, you know what? We were just the Houston Rockets. Then they said the Twin Towers, and 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 I think that's what a lot of people are missing: the the real old school fans who played the game, and they're seeing their sons and daughters play the game. I think that's what they're missing. Man, just show me my team. Yeah. Camaraderie, I think, is missing some now. People kind of go their own direction. You know what? We hung out the year we won the CBA championship. We were a group of people that hung out, did things together, looked out for one another. You know, there you go. all that stuff. I think some of that's missing in the today game. It is. It is. It is definitely missing, Matt, because it's, it's as if I want to be on the top ten of ESPN the next day. I want to be the guy they bring into the interviews every day. Okay, and I'm gonna nip it in the bud and say it this way: Steph Curry was MV, is MVP, right? Yes. But when everybody says this, man, Golden State Warriors. See what I'm saying? Yes. When you say the San Antonio Spurs, you don't go. You don't mention who's first. You mentioned the team. You remember back in the day, you said, man, here come the Lakers. Yeah, and now here they – the, the NBA has done a little bit of pushing individuals. They know they can sell people individually, but I'm with you, and I've always felt that way, Coach, that you need to talk about the team the first. Team. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know – you met even a day a Chicago White Sox fan walk into a Chicago – Cubs fan with his hat on, man, you're going to lost your mind. Mm-hmm. He's going to hear about it. And the vice versa. Yep. See, the fans want nostalgia. They want to see their Knickerbockers back. They're they either, want to see the yep. 76ers back. Yes. I agree we with We don't those. care about who it is. Bring our team back. <laughs> you that know, that's... grew up with. It's interesting. It's interesting, Coach. And, and one thing, one thing that you, one thing that you touched on was, you know, the Golden State Warriors. We don't talk about. We talk about the team. I think a lot of people 
not only want to be number one on top ten, but they want to be a number one on the Forbes list too. For 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 the richest. And if you look at Steph Curry's contract, he's making eleven point one million dollars this year. And you look at the top five, it, it goes in the top five in the NBA this year, Kobe at twenty five, Joe Johnson, Carmelo, Dwight Howard, Chris Bosch. Top five. There aside from Kobe, there are two championships, both for Chris Bosch, out of the rest of those guys. And Steph Curry's making half of what they're making, and he's won the last two MVPs, and he shuts up, and he plays basketball, and he knows his time will come. Well, hey, Co- Coach Reed and I well, don't know anything about money like that. It hey, wasn't like that. <laughs> I came in, I was only making thirty, and it was non-guarantee until I made the team after 10 days. 30000 right? And I still had to look up and guard George Gervin, Larry Keenan, Dr. J., uh, uh, Pete Maravich, Walter Davis, Jamal Wilk, <laughs> Adrian Dantley, Alex English, and and you better uh, Alex English. Yep. And it's like, uh, can I get play? You know, you remember the, <laughs> the movie Oliver Twist? Please, sir, can I have another? <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't complain. No, you didn't complain either. And travel was so much more difficult. How did you travel? Your first year, Robert, your first year in the league, how did you travel? Oh, man. It was it was regular flights. Be there at 535, 6 o'clock. And if the one plane had 14 first class, but if that plane wasn't there and it was only six, the rook went to the back seat of the bus. <laughs> And that was you, your rookie year. So. That was me and uh, uh, the other rookies and all in the second time level. But, you know, we, we I, I have to put it this way. The fun part was walking in the airport, boarding and getting off. The fans were looking at you because, oh, shoot, that, that's the Houston Rockets. Look at our team go, go. Look at our team come back. Yeah. You know, there was no charter flight. So, we, you know, here in Houston, we had a thing that's like, you were Houston, Houston Astros, Houston, Houston Oilers, Houston, Houston Rockets. We belong to the city. Now, and, and I've got tremendous owners, but when you look at the media as they talk, less Alexander's Rockets, Bob McNair's Texans, and Bob Crane's Astros. You, you see the difference? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty glaring. Yeah. That, that's what the media puts out. And then the fans are like, well, what about us? Yeah. Are y'all going? You know, if, you know, Matt, you remember how your legacy was one, like you just mentioned, the 10 years I played with the Rockets. Yeah. That's what the fans remember, man. Mm-hmm. He was here. Yeah, he put his time in. He, he grew the organization. Yeah. He made the game what it is today. He's somebody who evolved, right. was part of the evolution. Uh, I, I know. Now, can you imagine this? When a, a Celtic, when, when a third-year player of the Celtics, if somebody came and said, well, we're going to trade you or we're letting you go, can you imagine the, the, the fingernails? Scraping on a wall to me. I'll be good. I don't want to go. <laughs> I want to be a Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, we have about three minutes left. 
I want to get your play. Let's talk about what I said. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about Harden. Let's talk about what you said about Harden. That's what I want to find about a week or two ago. I was was at a golf tournament for sportscaster Bob Allen, who does things, uh, him and Mike Munchak and Matthews for Special Olympics. And the the gentleman, Channel 11, Matt Matt Musil, came up. He said, Robert, what's wrong with the rock? I said, man, look, I, I, I got tremendous respect for James Harden. The man can play. But here's my thing. Whomever the next coach, whether it be bigger staff, whoever they bring in, Monday and Tuesday, this is what we're going on, our offensive scheme and defensive scheme. Because this is what we're going to do come and win Wednesday. But when I look up and I see Harden standing out there holding the ball, we didn't do that in practice. Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm just saying this, and I said this. The coach has got to tell Harden, look, if you can't do it, then you're going to sit down at the end of the bench. I'm sorry. Well, he doesn't ever set him down, but I tell you, he does take a lot of shots. Now, would you consider him a little bit of a selfish player at times? You think he should get some of the other players involved in the game? Or yes, maybe his whole game is scoring. He don't get one game with Moses. We went up and down the floor eight times. He had good defense and plays, and we didn't give him the ball. The ninth time he called timeout, Big Mo said, don't give Big Mo the ball, see what happens after that. <laughs> I could see Moses Malone doing that and saying that. All right, same thing with Dream. All I'm saying is use the five guys on the floor. Use the five. For example, real quick, if I was playing point guard, if I came and I hit the wing on the left side, I cut off that high post, high post step out. He swings, go back, looks weak side, and I come out. That's the first option. Second option, third, fourth, and I'll come out. I'm the fifth. I'm shooting it. But we moved the ball, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, Coach Reed, we have to, uh, we're actually done with the show in about a minute. I really appreciate you coming on with I'm all the information. It. Listen, yeah. I would love to sit and talk with you about James Harden and the NBRPA and all the old times forever. All so we're, we're going to have yeah. to have you back on soon. Yes. Because well, we want. Just real quick before we go off, it's an honor and pleasure for the Houston chapter to be on with you guys in Phoenix. Y'all keep it going on and get the other chapters and let everybody know that how active we're doing in our prospective city. You better believe we will. And I'm already, I'm already in. I'm already in with all the things that Matt said, how passionate he is, and just how excited he is to come talk about it every week and all the things he's doing. So, again, thank, thank you very you much, so much. And, and listen, we will be in touch soon, okay? All right, thank you, y'all. Y'all have a blessed one. Thanks, all right, Coach. Coach. You Thanks. too. Man, two of them. I know. Dude, Major and him, they were great. We beat wow. up Houston today. Man, I wish we had another hour. <laughs> um, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. What do you think tonight? We have 30 seconds. What do you think Oklahoma City, in Oklahoma City, do they close it out tonight? No. You don't? <laughs> you looked at me like I was crazy when I said that before. Here's the deal, though. I, I know of, of the past, of, of and I just can't get away from all of the fundamentals that they do right. They have to get back to that. You have to have uh, Duncan show up. But what a great game. I am can't counting the minutes down. All right. Well, 
damn it, because I wanted you to I wanted you to say Oklahoma City. All right, we'll see what happens. We'll see if we're both right, I guess. I wanted to be the only one that was right. Alex Clancy, Matt Fishing Studio. We will see you next week. Another guest, more exciting upcoming events about the Phoenix chapter. We touched on Houston. We're doing Phoenix all next week. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.